The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And when I say it's Wednesday, I mean it's technically Wednesday, but it's, it's essentially late Tuesday night. It is 1.58 a.m. Eastern. I've been in New York on CBS Sports Network all night. Norlander has been in Indianapolis at both Elite Eight games all night. Now that we're done and both the Tuesdays games have been completed, we are here to talk through the second day of the Elite Eight. The final four is set on Saturday. It'll be Baylor against Houston in one national semifinal, and in the other, it'll be Gonzaga against UCLA. So we have two number one seeds, a number two seed, and an 11 seed, but not just any 11 seed. It's an 11 seed led by the greatest coach in UCLA history. Deadleg, do you remember after the first two rounds, those historically chaotic first two rounds, when I told you that I still believe by the time we got to the Final Four, everything would take proper shape and that we'd have a Final Four that featured at least three teams that have long looked like true title contenders. Well, here we are. Gonzaga, <laughs> Baylor, Houston, and UCLA. Those teams were number one, number four, number five, and number 45 in Ken Palm on the day the NCAA tournament started. Now they are number one, number two, number three, and number 15 I dig this Final Four. Do you dig this Final Four? You lose. No, you don't get to claim that you had this. UCLA making the Final Four. Does I, not... I said three. You lose. I said we would have three teams in the Final Four, at least three, that have always looked like legitimate national title contenders. And we have Gonzaga. That's one. We have Baylor. That's two. We have Houston. That's three. And then we got a, a, a team lucky enough to be coached by the greatest you coach in UCLA liar. history. Okay. Give me my due. Give me my credit. <laughs> Praise me. How about this? Praise me. <laughs> no, how, how about this? Praise me. <laughs> All right, fat boy Slim. So we'll get to the games in a second, but I log on to the expert picks at the start of the night, <laughs> and I've been logged in as picking UCLA straight up <laughs> on the website. And I went on HQ like six times, and I picked Michigan. And on this podcast, I picked Michigan. But you bet your ass. I took a screen grab of that bad boy, and then I put it on Twitter when UCLA won. I had, a guy, I had someone hit me back and go, I won't have this. I watched you pick Michigan on HQ this morning. You don't get to claim this when you pick the game multiple ways at different times. <laughs> of course, I did not pick UCLA to win. That was the funny part of it. I'll give you your due. We've got a fun little final four here. Um, man, 
do we ever? I, I thought we were going to actually have only the second time ever we would have had three ones and a two if Michigan, you know, had scored more than 50 points. But instead, we've got two ones, a two, and 11. The only other um, three ones and a two. Uh, and it, frankly, I was surprised. Uh, it only happened once before, and that was um, back in 93. But no, this is, a, this, is a, this is good for me. We've got plenty of storylines galore. Uh, you've got Mark Few going against UCLA, and I love... Um, I just love the fact that if Gonzaga is going to have to get this undefeated season done, it's going to have to go against the program that has four of them and go against the greatest coach in UCLA history while uh, hearkening back to the second best coach in UCLA history and those undefeated wooden teams of yesteryear. So that's pretty cool. And um, I will say UCLA's celebration, I, I tweeted out a video, which I encourage you to go look at because it's, it's awesome. I, it's my best videography I've ever done. In my opinion, you had all UCLA. They were the one team that, like, truly celebrated. Like they, you know, they knew that what they did was unexpected, and they were going at it for a long time in the court. And uh, there was a moment where one of the assistants, Mike Lewis, really embraced just one of the players for about thirty minutes away from everyone, or thirty seconds away from everyone else who was taking selfies. McCronin was on the air when all this was going on. So go find my Twitter feed. It's about a minute and twenty long video. Just I tried to capture what was happening there. Really, really cool scene. We got a fun final four. Gonzaga's the biggest favorite in the history of the national semifinals. Uh, you got Battle of the West on one side, Battle of Texas on the other, and it's a little bit wonky, but why not, GP? Because the UCLA upset, by the way, officially made this the most uh Upset-laden, upset-riddle tournament ever. There have been 14 games in which a team seeded five spots or worse has defeated the other team that was made official with UCLA's win on Tuesday night. What I said exactly was that I think by the time we get to the Final Four, at least three of the four participants will be teams that we identified long ago as legitimate national title contenders, and now here we are. Praise me. That was three and a half minutes ago. You've been holding on to that for the entire time that I was rambling there? Give me my credit. I already halfway gave you your credit like two minutes ago. Praise me. We'll talk about both of Tuesday night's Elite Eight games next. But first, let me remind you about CBS Sports HQ. The NCAA tournament is still unfolding, but we only have three more games left. So the college basketball season is going to be over in less than a week. But if you want to stay up to date on everything else going on in the sports world, the best place to do it is CBS Sports HQ. It is your stream and answer. Just think about what's on tap this week alone. NFL draft coverage, MLB opening day is coming up on Thursday. Bellator 255 is Friday. And when news breaks, and it always does, CBS Sports HQ will be on it immediately. Sports never sleeps. Neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone, via the CBS Sports app, and your connected TV. I stream it all day. You should, too. That's CBS Sports HQ, a free 24-hour sports news network. All right, Deadleg, let's take Tuesday's two Elite Eight games in the order in which they were played. We'll save the fun for last. We'll start with Gonzaga-USC. It was not competitive. <laughs> the Zach started 7-0, led by double digits barely five minutes in, and by 24 points at one point. They win 85-66. They led wire to wire for the second consecutive game. They're now 30-0 with 29 double-digit wins. They're winning their NCAA tournament games by an average of 24 points per contest. They are treating Pac-12, Big 12, Big East teams like their West Coast Conference teams. Can anybody play with them? 
uh, like keep it close. <laughs> I'm not. Like who's going to play with them? Uh, maybe Baylor, but I did have when I was watching them do what they were doing tonight, not knowing who they would play, uh, because that game came before Michigan UCLA. I did have a, a moment where I thought, uh, Are we going to look up on Monday night and and see a Gonzaga team that didn't have one game in this tournament decided by single digits? That that thought did occur to me as they steamrolled USC. And felt like they could have picked the number. Like, th- that was, you know, it was a 19-point difference at the end. If Gonzaga wanted that to be 38, I feel like it really could have been. It re- they just, very impressive. They got out to a, an immediately good start uh, after, oh, by the way, a super scary moment that happened directly in front of me uh, with an official that uh, fainted. But thankfully is okay, but that was uh, just a very scary way to start the evening there. Thankfully, he's good, and uh, they had a replacement official on hand, and uh, the game carried on, and, and Gonzaga never lost a step at all. So uh, impressive yet again, and we have to submit our All-American teams, Player of the Year, all that stuff. We have to actually submit that ballot by tomorrow. I'm Here's what I'm going to do, Parrish. I'm going to look. I'm, I'm not going to let the tournament override my feelings on this but i'm gonna line up all these stats and i will tell you this drew timmy's gonna be a first team all-american on my ballot you do what you got to do but he has been good enough as they've been rolling here he was close to first team at the end of the regular season as far as i was concerned he's done enough here i don't know if he's gonna kick Corey kispert off the first team or not but he is going on my first team all-american ballot it would be irresponsible at this point to, to do anything other than that we'll see where the other chips fall where they may it's funny you mentioned that because I, you know, we had a show from 930 to 1030 and then we had a 90 minute break where we're sitting in the bullpen, mask on, mask on and preparing for a, a show that's going to start at midnight. But then like it, we're just floating until midnight. You know, we're just we're just we're just feeling until midnight because we I mean, we, we're, we're feeling at midnight until the UCLA uh, Michigan game is over because our sh- our quote, one hour show has to start right after that game is over, right right after TBS goes off the air. So we got you know ninety minutes or so in between, and I said, okay, I'll go ahead and start looking at this ballot because uh, you know I can knock it off my to do list, and it is the biggest thing I struggled with because Corey Kispert's the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Corey Kispert is the you know first AP first team All American, all that stuff, and you can still make a case for him, you know, but it's hard not to watch them right now and think Drew Timmy's their best player. That's right. So yeah. what do you do with it? You take the entire season into account, and maybe they're both first-team All-Americans. I mean, hell, they're undefeated. They're trying to go into sports immortality with two more wins, and if they do that, who are you knocking off the list? Like, Luke is not going. Io DeSumo's not going. There's got to be Kay Cunningham. Cade Cunningham could be that player. He really could. He he might he might get knocked off the first team there. So I haven't decided on all that. But amid a blowout and another impressive win, uh, they celebrated as well after. But it, it was very much a we're going to enjoy this. But it's still business like we got two more to do. Uh, USC, congrats on a really good run. But it was just the way they won it. And and so, like Suggs, he doesn't even need to have an awesome stat line, and he'll give you three four plays a game that'll. Make you make you perk up there. It just yeah, I just I couldn't help but think 
Are we going to get? Is it, are we going to have a game where we're actually thinking that Gonzaga is going to be, you know, in doubt with five minutes to go? I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's coming against UCLA. I'm sorry. Sorry to spoil that, but I don't. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it'll be Baylor. But we got to get there first. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Good job, Zags. Good win. Two away from getting this done. And I'm not talking like college basketball mortality. You go undefeated and you win the NCAA tournament. That transcends the sport. They got to get there. They're certainly pacing toward it. Jalen Suggs, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Drew Timmy, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. You know, we talked about this game in advance. I talked about it on radio, podcast, television. I made the same point a million different times. That I thought in this game, Gonzaga was going to need to be a little more reliant on the three-point line than it normally is because USC had the best two-point defensive field goal percentage in the entire country coming into this game right around 42%. They've got Evan Mobley, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, who's a real rim protector, blocks three shots a game, and USC blocks a little more than five shots per game on average, which is top 10 in the country. So, listen, it might be harder than it normally is to score inside the arc, especially in the paint. So maybe this is a game where you do need Corey Kispert to get hot from three, where you might need to bang home eight, nine, 10, 11, three-pointers. Just didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. They got every shot they wanted to get. It looked as easy against USC as it looks against everybody. They had um, 46 points in the paint. The most USC had previously given up in a game this season was 36. 36? Gonzaga scored 46. Like I said, USC was holding teams inside the arc to 42% shooting. Gonzaga shot 57.8% from two against them, like 10 per, uh, 16 percentage points higher than what USC normally gives up. It's, it's you know, at this point, there's nothing new to say about Gonzaga, but we can reiterate it right after we just saw it again. They don't, they have the most efficient offense in the country, according to Ken Palm. Uh, they can kill you in a b- bazillion different ways, but they don't just go out there and shot make on you the way like the Golden State Warriors winning championships would. They just get easy, easy buckets over and over again, whether it's in transition, in the half court, it just looks like they get whatever they want. Honestly, it looks like they're playing against people that aren't actually Division I basketball players. They make they make high major, very good, even top 10 Ken Palm teams look like they can't compete. And they have done it for, for you know, four months now. I can't add any more to that. You, you nailed it and we'll set up with their you know we'll set up their game uh later this week but i just I see them in person and doing what they are doing i've just decided i'll i'll, I'll close a, a lid on this game with this no matter what happens on saturday and or on monday if a loss is to come i don't know where i would rank them if a loss happened but i'm telling you right now this century, past 20 years, they are a top three team in college basketball. They have done enough in this tournament, power conference teams in the non-conference, winning every game except one by double digits. They're right there, if you want to put them with 2018 Nova, 2012 or 2015 Kentucky, uh, 2009 Carolina. They're in that group, and uh, I don't know where yet. I want to see what they do the rest of the way, but uh, it's been a pleasure to watch them in person, and we're seeing something special. Two more things, then we'll move on. I saw this from Henry Bushnell from Yahoo Sports. Gonzaga, I mentioned earlier, they're winning their NCAA tournament games by 24 points. The total combined, it's 96. They've won their four games by a a total, um, you know, combined 96 points. 2000 North Carolina, 2009 North Carolina is, did in this century, 
have the best four game um, margin of victory, you know, combined total. It was 90 points. Gonzaga just beat that by six points. They are historically great. There's a million different ways to show it with numbers, and that's just the latest. Through four games in this NCAA tournament, they have overwhelmed the opposition in ways that literally no team this century has been able to do. And I saw this floating around on Twitter, and I, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising, but just, geez, it's a big number. You know, Gonzaga was up by, you know, a big number at halftime, more than 15 points. They win the game. They are now 205 and zero all time under Mark View uh, when leading by at least 15 points at the half. They do not, that, that's the thing. They get up on you and then they don't blow leads. Obviously, this season, never. They're undefeated, but historically, they get up big on you and, and you, you do not come back. We are watching an uh, all time great, at least in modern history, all time great college basketball team for what is now undeniably one of the greatest college basketball programs in America. And they're two wins away from being an undefeated national champion. We'll get to Michigan UCLA next. But first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So the second game on Tuesday night, it was Michigan-UCLA. Final score, Bruins 51, Wolverines 49. That means Mick Cronin is now a Final Four coach in just his second year as the coach at UCLA. I don't know if you noticed, dead leg. It took John Wooden 14 seasons. 14! at UCLA to make a Final Four. Mick did it in two. John Wooden never made the Final Four after starting in the first four. Mick just did it. He never made the Final Four as an 11 seed. Mick just did it. I am dead serious on my mama. Say in the court. Say in the court. Enough is enough. They sell Sanders on Amazon. It's past time to buy one. Say in the stupid court, Nell can stay. She's gonna stay in perpetuity. You think it's you think it's a coincidence that we got Baylor and UCLA? I don't even know what we're gonna do if it's Baylor versus UCLA. By the way, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know how the podcast could possibly handle if that happens. But let's just wait and see if it does. If it does happen. By the by the way, before we get to the game. I caught up with uh, UCLA assistant Mike Lewis on Monday, I guess it was, just to check in, see how the team was doing, prepping all that stuff. And I just I happened to bring up, I was like, hey, I don't, this is going to be random, but are you aware or do you know if Mick is aware of the fact that, you know, Parrish and I do 
a national podcast and pretty much on an every episode basis for the past three weeks, we have been reinforcing this gag that's been in existence for over a year that Mick is the greatest coach in UCLA history. Like, are you aware that, that, that this is a thing we tell tens of thousands of people and that there are people that are going around and saying, he said, he said, no, I'm not aware of that. But, um, I think we've caught a, a couple of things here or there on Twitter about it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's actually a thing we're talking about. So if, if you happen to win and you upset Michigan, just don't, don't be surprised if this starts thing starts really entering into your orbit, so to speak. He got a really big laugh out of it. Mike Lewis, an Indiana legend, and uh, has done a great job. I, I want to give shouts like him, Darren Savino, that entire staff, in addition to Mick, for what they have been able to accomplish. Again, that scene on the court Tuesday night after they beat Michigan was incredible. And how they beat them held this team to 49 points. Franz Wagner had the worst game of his college career. Hunter Dickinson, he wasn't so good either. And they got good looks. If one of these shots falls, then we're uh, we're obviously talking about Michigan and three ones and a two and a final four. And it's a different deal altogether. But they didn't. And they were even in that position to begin with because Mick Cronin scouted and had his team play that game in a way that resembled Mick Cronin when he was at Cincinnati. Credit to that team and that staff for how they prepped with this. They held Michigan to 0.83 points per possession. UCLA, 0.86 points per possession. That was a Cincinnati Cronin kind of win, getting the Bruins back to their first Final Four since 2008. Phenomenal job. And Johnny, I'm going to let you take all the Johnny Juzang because this dude, it's not even like tongue-in-cheek. He's been a top five player in America for a month. The dude is, and he's playing it on a bad ankle. He, he seems to twist this thing every third game. Doesn't matter. He's 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 been incredible. And UCLA has. It's not a Cinderella story or anything like that. It's just remarkable that they've been able to do this after trailing Michigan State in the first half of the first four, and here they are, Final Four Bruins. Mick, the goat. They lost three straight games to Colorado, the computer trickers, Oregon, and USC. Watch your mouth. To, to close the regular season. And then they lost to Oregon State in the first round of the Pac-12 conference tournament in overtime. They were on a four-game losing streak coming into this NCAA tournament. Now they're on a five-game winning streak. By the way, another thing John Wood never did, win five games to make it to the Final Four. Uh, Johnny Juzang, 11 of 19 from the field, 28 points. As I said on CBS Sports Network, like 28 points in a 40-minute game, college basketball is outrageous, regardless of the circumstances. When your team only scores 51, he scored 55% of their points. What are we, what are we even talking about? How about this? We, I, we talked about uh, Drew Timmy being a first-team All-American. I did my ballot already. I'm going to tinker with it a little more. Because I was hesitant, but I think I'm on the same page with you about Drew Timmy. I, I, you reinforced it for me. He should be a first-team All-American. Johnny Juzang, All-American. I've got him on my third team. I'm going to have to think about this, but there's going to be a, there's going to be a real case for that. when you he he hasn't entirely carried them, but the man has had 23, 27, 17, 13, and 28 in this tournament, and his offensive rating, points per possession, has been at 1.16 or better in four of the five games. And again, like he has been kind of working through that ankle issue, which has been lingering there. Yeah, he's got, he really does have a case, and someone's going to get booted off that third team if, if, if we have enough you know 
enough of our coworkers vote for it. It's not just you and me. We got like six people voting for this thing, but he's got a he's got a real case there. And friggin' a man, UCLA Gonzaga. I think they've met in the tournament since the Morrison game. I'm pretty sure they did in Gonzaga won. I'm remembering that, but I can't remember the year. So it's not like a total revenge situation. But come on now, Final Four stakes. Got to figure Adam Morrison and Bill Walton. Oh, by the way. Pac-12 still in this, baby. Big Ten, see ya. I got to figure Bill Walton's, he's making it into Lucas Oil this Saturday. I got to figure that's happening. Well, uh, I was in studio tonight, CBS Sports Network, with Ryan Hollins, who was on the 2006 team that, you know, they were down 17 to Gonzaga, and they come back and win the game, and Adam Morrison is crying, and that's the last game of Adam Morrison's college career. And so Ryan was just having a blast tonight watching this. I mean, he was fired up because he has gotten – somewhat close with Mick, you know, since Mick got the job, because Ryan still lives, you know, 20 minutes from, from, you know, UCLA's campus. And he was like, Mick is the first coach um, since Steve Lavin. He even omitted Ben Howland from this, his own coach, who has really made it a priority to connect with the former players. Like, hey, guy, you know, pre-pandemic, I want all of you coming to my house. Let's have a, you know, cookout in the backyard type of thing. He really, you know, Mick made it a, a point to, we have more tradition here than probably anywhere else in the country. Um, I need to tap into that. You know, I need to have those people on my side because one of the places where it went sideways for Ben, honestly, was like when Bill Walton started killing him nonstop on television. Like that just was a bad, awkward thing. You got arguably your most, you know, I don't want to say most famous alum because, you know, Lou Alcindor, Kareem, but like one of your most favorite alums and he's on TV every week calling your games and just killing you in the middle. Like it just got really, and I think Mick understood it's, it's important to, to, to tap into that a little bit. So Ryan loves Mick Cronin and he could not have been happier um, for this UCLA team to do it in the way that they did it because We've talked about it before. We don't need to spend any more time on it, but it is worth noting. Um, their their five-star freshman, Dacian Nix, did not enroll. He got recruited out of UCLA to join the G League program. He had not yet enrolled, but he was committed, signed, and he was going to enroll, and they recruited him straight to the G League program. Um, they lost Chris Smith, their best player. They lost uh, to an ACL. They lost another player to personal issues uh, who was a rotation player. This team has... Honestly, when you look at this UCLA team, and we, we'd be serious for a second, when you say they never got Dacia Nix, they lost Chris Smith, they lost another rotation player, the fact that they made the NCAA tournament, if it just ended in the first four, you'd go, you know, Mick did a pretty good job to hold that thing together and get it into the bracket. To get it into the final four is insanity. And to now have your best player being a guy who was at Kentucky last season is just another interesting twist. I think most people know that story by now as well, but it is sometimes interesting just how things work. If Johnny Juzang had a bigger role at Kentucky and or if the pandemic never hits when it hits, there's a chance he just stays at Kentucky and he's one of Kentucky's best players this season. Instead, for those reasons, and I'm sure seven others, he decides to transfer back home because it's a pandemic. He gets immediate eligibility, and now he just led a, a UCLA team from the first four to the final four. He's a legitimate college basketball star right now. He he absolutely is. Uh, by the way, it was 2015, Gonzaga over UCLA in the Sweet 16. That Gonzaga team had Sabonis off the bench. 
Shemek Karnowski, Gary Bell, Wilcher, Kevin Pangos, the UCLA team. That was the group with Kavon Looney, Norman Powell, Tony Parker, Bryce Alford was on that team, Isaac Hamilton. So they have met since the Morrison one. But it, to me, that is such an iconic collapse by Gonzaga. And that came at a point when Gonzaga was cresting as a nationally viable program. Like it was not then what it is now, but it also wasn't what it was in 98, 99 when it would really landed on the scene, if you will. But to me, anytime you're going to have UCLA and Gonzaga meet in the tournament, uh, it's going to go back to that Gonzaga team, which was the first Gonzaga team that was good enough to make a final four. Like generally like season long, it had obviously Adam Morrison player of the year there. And, uh, Previous podcasts have detailed just how agonizing a loss that is there. But uh, but this will be the second time since then. Real quick on Michigan. Similar to, you know, the way that Alabama's season ended, uh, or, or even if you look at uh, Arkansas. In fact, weirdly enough, just thought of this. Juwan, Musselman, Nato, it's all in their second year with those programs they don't make the final four, but big pictures what they did this season and Mick how, did second year. It's also true, but we're talking about the goat, so you know, no shame on the other guys. Can't hold those guys to Mick Cronin's team. You can't. It would it's not be fair. It's not fair to them. It's not, not fair to them, and we won't do it. We won't. Other podcasts might. We're, you're not going to get that on this podcast. It's not fair. It's unfair. But the the broader point is. You know, it's it's a it's first of all, this is probably the first loss where Juwan Howard's like really gonna feel it at, at as a as a coach and particularly at this level. You know, he'll probably think about it the entire offseason. That's fine. Like it's 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 gonna hurt. It should hurt. You make the elite eight, you're the number one seed, you feel like you're gonna be able to win, and then you put up that kind of performance. It's gonna sting and it probably should. But with what you've been able to do uh, as a program overall, uh, be proud of it. Be frustrated with this, as I always say. Like, yeah, sure. If you want to, you know, toil in your own uh, frustration and anger, if you're a Michigan fan, I totally get it. Again, going against Mick the Goat. You know, they can do, do sometimes in that spot here. Uh, but it, it, Wagner, just uh, that's it wasn't just him, but oh man, I just feel terrible for the guy because has a horrible game and then he has a chance to hit the, what, what could have been the winning shot and it's an air ball. Like, they had another chance at the end, but they didn't get it there. And so instead, uh, the Big Ten, which had more bids than anyone in this tournament, will not have a single representative in the Final Four. Yeah, Wagner was 1 of 10 from the field, 0 of 4 from a three-point range, and you know also had a, a couple of turnovers. So just a, a bad spot to, to have a, a, a bad performance. And if you're Jawan, you should be frustrated. You had a top 10 uh, adjusted offensive efficiency ranking and a top 10 adjusted uh, defensive efficiency ranking according to Ken Palm and you score 49 points you know in the elite eight like that's just whoo that's rough we're not going to talk about the final four now we'll do that on a podcast that we will record Thursday when we were we are both in Indianapolis I'll be traveling on Wednesday but um have you seen the lines the point spreads yet I only know that Gonzaga is the biggest favorite, but I can't remember. I think it's like 13 or something like that. Gonzaga is a 14-point favorite over UCLA, and Baylor is a 5-point favorite over Houston. Those numbers have already posted overnight. And Sportsline, um, which, of course, is part of the CBS Sports family, went ahead and, and ran simulations on the Final Four the way it, it does you know, before the tournament starts, after the first round, after the round of 32, you know, many times throughout this. And Gonzaga is now a 61% favorite 
to win the national championship. Um, when they're running these simulations, the Zags are winning it 61% of the time. Um, Baylor's winning it 22% of the time. Houston is winning it 15% of the time. And UCLA is winning it 2% of the time. Again, that's according to Sportsline. And um, if you want to just have the numbers on, uh, you know, percentage chance to advance to the title game. So like win your your final four game, Gonzaga's at 90%, Baylor at 54%, Houston at 46%, UCLA at 10%. And Stephen O, who works for Sportsline and runs all this stuff, he's a data scientist, said that uh, in an email, he does not remember anybody ever being a 90% uh, projected winner uh, in the final four. So, you know, we're, we're, we'll be watching something on Saturday that we've never seen before. A, a team that barring, you know, a, a really, really, really wild upset is, is going to be playing on, on Monday night. And that, that's why it, it becomes even easier than it has ever been at any other point in this season to, to, you know, assume that the Zags are actually going to do this. Yes, they're one game closer, but it's not just that they're one game closer and they only got two games left. I say this with all due respect to UCLA, but they are one game closer, just two games left. And in one of those games, they are a 14-point favorite to win it. When and whenever, wherever you're going to watch this weekend, by the way, just a reminder, if you have not already, download the CBS Sports app on your connected TV or phone. Yes, that's right, both of them, so you can watch every single minute of the NCAA tournament. You can watch CBS Sports HQ. You can check in on stats. You can read our stories. Heck, you can even find your way to the podcast if you want. So it's a gateway to all of that. So download the CBS Sports app now and never miss any minute of any tournament game for the rest of the season. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Lauren now. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Woo-hoo-hoo. Woo. Boy, it's been something else. It's been something else. It's been something else. I didn't see. I didn't. I never seen one like this. This one snuck up on me. Been around longer than I thought. It's 2.31 in the morning, dude. Like, we got to get out of here. I never seen one like this. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you again on Thursday when we will be previewing the final four. Till then, take care. Take care.